0: I think it's safe to say that most of us started serving in student ministry because of our love for God and our desire to make him known among teenagers. But whether you're a full-time youth pastor or very part-time volunteer with limited capacity, I know you've realized that you can only do so much on your own. And on top of that, we need to build something that doesn't rely solely on us. So welcome to Student Ministry Connections three-part mini-series of podcast episodes focused on student ministry teams. Today, we'll talk about forming and onboarding your team. Welcome to Student Ministry Connection, a podcast for those who serve in student ministry, want to connect, and desire to grow. My name is Steve Cullum, and I've served in student ministry since 1999. And like most of you, I started serving because I wanted to help the next generation know about Jesus. And I soon realized that in order to do well in my role, I needed to spend more time with adults. This included parents, but also a team of volunteers. And as I've interacted with youth pastors over the years, I've heard lots of questions around building, training, keeping, and growing a team. So for this episode and the following two, I wanted to share some things that I've learned over the years that will hopefully help you as well. And after that, we'll get back into having interviews on most of these episodes. But before we continue today, I want to pause and thank the sponsor of this episode. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everyone as well, with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better, do you need message outlines, a discussion guide, in a game? That's just $20 a month. If you're looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides, that's $30 a month. And if you want an affordable, engaging video curriculum, G Shades has you covered for only $40 a month. You will not find a better youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere. Head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S.org to download season four of G-Shades curriculum and use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to receive an extra $20 off your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Thank you, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can find the link to G-Shades in the podcast show notes. Now, before we get into the hows of forming and onboarding your team, I think it's important to just talk about the reasons of why we have a team in the first place. Some of you are at a large church and you have multiple staff on your team and others of you are volunteers yourself, but we all have a need for a team. No matter what your context is, we all need team around us because we can't all do it alone we cannot reach all the students in our areas alone we of course need those partnerships with other churches and other ministries in our area but what god has entrusted you and your church and your ministry to do you're not going to be able to do it alone and on top of that you need to be partnering with other teammates because of all the different things going on in our world we cannot be alone with students anymore in our day and age it's just not a smart decision so We need team to help increase our capacity, but also for safety and security. And some of you are thinking, where do I even start? How in the world do I even build a team? I feel like I'm the only one at my church that believes the same thing I believe about pouring into the next generation. Well, if that's the case, I want to encourage you to start with just praying. Pray for God to reveal at least two or three that you can start to pour into and grow this team so you can reach more and more students, but also like I said, to remain safe and secure in our ministry nowadays. And once you understand the need for a team, I think it's important to start with your vision and who you need to accomplish that vision. We need to start with our why. Why do we do this ministry? Why does your ministry exist? Why are you even doing what you're doing? And once you have a clear understanding of the why behind what you're doing in this ministry that God has entrusted to you, I think it's important to start with an organizational chart. Now, I'm a person that is very structured and maybe this is too much for you, but I think it's important to start with that chart so you can visualize what you feel like your ideal team will look like. Now, if you're a small church, you're gonna put some things on there that you're not gonna be able to fill for a while, but it's important to kind of visualize what you feel like your ideal team would be like. And then you can always pare that down over time and then grow it back over time as well. But I think it's really important to visualize it. So create an organizational chart. And I'd also encourage you to include layered leadership within that. That means some of these roles within your ministry are also gonna have leaders over them that other volunteers or maybe eventually staff can function in as well. So let's say you have a small group ministry. Maybe you have all these different small group leaders. Well, layers of leadership would mean to put another leader over those small group leaders or maybe multiple leaders over those small group leaders and then a leader over them. You see where I'm going? It's multiplied, layered leadership as you grow. I've actually got a blog over at stevecullum.com that I'll link in our show notes that shows you all about that. It was from a workshop that I attended at Orange Conference a few years ago. And in addition to your organizational chart, I think it's also important to have job descriptions for all the different volunteer opportunities that you have within your ministry. And make sure you're offering a lot of different opportunities. Some people are going to be able to commit to every week and pouring into a small group of students, but maybe others cannot do that. Or maybe some have the capacity to give a lot of time, but they really just don't want to be with teenagers, but they love the idea of serving in student ministry. So make sure you have a lot of different opportunities. So, small group leader is a great one. A speaking rotation for your speaking team is also a great one. But also having check-in volunteers or a greeting team. Or maybe a team of people who are supplying meals if you do food at your ministry. Or maybe a team of administrative people. You have volunteers on there who are pouring into student ministry, but not regularly with the students themselves. So think outside the box. Don't think of just your team of small group leaders or the ones that need to be there week in and week out, spending lots of time and putting lots of effort into this. Think of other roles. And once you have those in your organizational chart, create those job descriptions so that those leaders know exactly what you're expecting of them and also that you have a clear understanding of what you're expecting of them as well. If you need help with job descriptions, please reach out. I've got some from previous ministries and I know other organizations also have some. Orange is a great resource to find some of those job descriptions that are already written for you and then you can tweak for your context. In addition to the organizational chart and job descriptions, I think it's really important for us to create a handbook that we can give our leaders as well. And this can include a lot of different things, but I think it's important to include the job descriptions, the expectations, any guidelines that you have for your team, whether it be safety concerns, or this is just how we do things, what to expect, contact information, how you communicate with your team, all those different things in a handbook, whether digital or physical or both, that you can give your team and so that they know exactly what to expect in the ministry and they can always refer back to that handbook. And so after you've narrowed down your why, your vision for your ministry, and you've created this organizational chart and you know where all your needs are, what your ideal team would look like, and you've created all these job descriptions and you're ready to go, we need to develop a recruiting strategy. And for this, I wanna refer back to episode 69 from June 2021, where I shared five different tips on forming a recruiting strategy in order to put together your dream team and student ministry. The first tip was to create awareness of your needs. How are you letting people know that you have a need for volunteers in your ministry? The second tip is to tell stories about your current team. What's been going on and why should people be excited about being a part of that team? The third tip is to encourage leaders to invite their friends. The ones you already have on your team, encourage them to think about others that they know that may want to do this as well. The fourth tip, is to get a gifted recruiter on your team. Not all of us are gifted recruiters, but can you find one that can join your team and help you out with this? And the final tip that I provided on that episode was to create a great team environment. Everyone wants to be a part of an amazing team that's doing great things, but also having fun together. And I think if you focus on all five of those tips, you're gonna be able to create a great recruiting strategy for your team. And finally, when you get everything planned out and you've got your strategy, you know how to do this, and you get someone who wants to join your team, how do you onboard them onto your team and make sure you set them up well? I want to walk through my onboarding process that I put together over years and years of doing student ministry. I think it works really well. It's something you're going to have to tweak for your context, but here's the process that I went through when onboarding a new team member. It all starts with the initial connection or conversation. You're going to meet this person or maybe it's someone you already know. Somehow you're going to get connected with that person and you're going to have a conversation whether in person or via email or text or a phone call or whatever it is, you're going to have that initial connection and conversation. Get to know that person, figure out why they want to do this and and let them know a little bit about the ministry, but don't overwhelm them in the beginning. The second step of the process is to offer them an application. Now, this application is going to look different depending on what your church needs. I would highly encourage you to talk with your church's HR department, your lawyers, your insurance companies, all those different people who may have a say in what needs to be in that application process. At the very least, I encourage you to have the following in your application. Get their contact information. Of course, you're going to need to know how to actually connect with them beyond this application. Also, I think it's important to ask about their testimony. Their story of how they come to know Jesus and why they want to serve in ministry. And maybe that's a separate question that you ask them. Why do you want to serve in student ministry? What led you to contact me or for us to start talking about you being involved in this ministry? It's also really important to get their approval for you to run a background check on them. And then include anything else that can help you to get to know that person and maybe other things that you would want to know in that application process. After they turned in their application, then it was time for me to set up an interview with them. Sometimes this happened at the church, sometimes we went to a local coffee shop. Whatever the case is, we needed to get that face-to-face interview time where I followed up on anything that I had questions about on the application, but also clarified any part of the ministry that they were still confused about or really needed to know more about. It was an opportunity for me to ask them questions, and also them to ask me questions. In addition to the application process, we are vetting anybody that may not be a fit for our ministry. And once I got done with that interview process, the next step was to run that background check. Now I got approval to run the background check earlier in the application process, but I held off on running it until I got their verbal commitment that they wanted to actually do this. Why do I do that? Because background checks are expensive. and I didn't want to waste our church's money by running a background check on someone who really wasn't a good fit for our ministry in the long run anyway. And after that background check cleared, then we allowed them to check it out for a couple weeks in whatever capacity they wanted to serve. If they were a small group leader, we put them with a small group. If they were a check-in leader, we put them with a the check-in team. If they wanted to greet at the doors, we put them with a the greeting team and so forth. Let them check it out for a couple weeks. And then the next step was a follow-up interview to say, hey, how has the last couple weeks been going? What do you think about this? Are you still interested in doing this ministry and volunteering in this capacity? If they weren't, that's okay. It's an open door. Let's help you find another way to serve in our church. But if they were, then it was time to connect them with a veteran leader who we can partner them up with and they can continue to grow along the way. And we're going to talk a lot about equipping your team in the next episode but at this point that person is fully on the team and they're ready to step into the ministry now remember that handbook i talked about earlier somewhere along the way during one of your interviews you need to be going through that entire handbook with this new leader and making sure that they understand the expectations making sure that they understand what's going to be asked of them on a regular basis in terms of communications and teaching or whatever their role is, going through that handbook with them helps them to fully understand the commitment that they are signing up for. And this is how I've been forming and recruiting and onboarding student ministry teams for years. But I wanna remind you that you need to form your own process as well. Some of these tips that I've offered in this episode are more of a general approach or a philosophy, and others are more specifics especially with those things that were more specific, make sure you tweak them to your context. That's always important for us to do because something that works in one context is not always gonna work in another context. And if you'd like to learn more about student ministry teams before the next episode comes out, I wanna encourage you to listen to episode 61 with Billy McMahon, episode 82 with Jeremy Veal, and episode 104 with Nick Blevins. All of these guys have some great things to say about student ministry teams. And I want to thank you for being here for this episode. If you enjoyed hearing about forming and onboarding student ministry teams, consider sharing this episode with someone else who you think would enjoy it. And if you'd like to support my ministry with the National Network of Youth Ministries, please follow the link in the show notes where you can sign up for my prayer partnership team or my financial partnership team. Thank you so much for all those who partner already. I really appreciate it. And before we go, I also want to thank G-Shades, our sponsor for this episode. Check out their website at gshades.org and use that promo code CONNECTION to save $20 off your order. And while you're over there, check out their blog and the brand new book from G-Shades founder, Mike Haynes. We're going to be back in a couple weeks with part two of this mini-series focused on student ministry teams. But until then, be sure to stay connected and may God bless your ministry.